0: To the simple, to the
1: truth. You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
0: Being in right standing with God, and knowing that God is saying, I have forgiven you, means everything, doesn't it? And that man was there, and I, I can imagine the tears that came to his eyes. If that was the only thing he left for that day, it was more than enough. But Jesus also said, Your sins be forgiven you, to show that he is the one who forgives sins. As we claim to the simple-
1: could you possibly value more than your eternal standing before God? Well, today, Pastor Dion will teach listeners that Jesus was Almighty God and that His forgiveness of your sins is worth more than anything. When the paralyzed man received healing, he was also given forgiveness of his sins. There is no greater feeling of healing than to know that our eternity is secure. Walking in sin is dark and burdensome, but when Jesus sets us free, we can live with more joy and purpose as we represent Him. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 5 with today's edition of The Simple Truth.
0: Let's read the passage. Here's what it says. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Let's read it again. What did he say? Man, your sins are forgiven you. It's pretty cool. See, Jesus didn't see that intrusion or interruption. It's that Jesus saw faith. Jesus saw the faith of the friends. Those men believed that if they got their paralyzed friend in front of Jesus, that he would heal him. They didn't just pray about it. They didn't just say, Lord, if it's your will, make a way. Open the door. They didn't just pray that prayer. I mean, when they saw the crowd, they didn't walk away discouraged. I guess it's not your will, Lord. Everybody say, no. No, no, can you imagine? They're so excited to bring their friend, and then when they get there, I mean, the, the house is surrounded. It's it's the, it's the spilling out over into the street. People are up against the house. They're wanting to hear, and these guys had it in their mind. They had heard Jesus was coming. Remember on, on the CB radio? They heard it, and, and they, they got their friend, and they dragged him over there only to find out, oh, it's packed. Sorry, bro. No! These guys put feet to their faith. They strapped their friend to the stretcher with duct tape probably or tied him onto it. They grabbed the pickaxe and climbed to the roof. Guys, faith takes initiative. Faith doesn't go home the same way that it came. It asks, it knocks, it seeks. Faith pushes, it pulls, and miracles will happen right in front of them because they did it. In fact, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this, nothing worth having comes easy. Jesus didn't say it exactly like that, but it's close. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Did you catch it? Keep on. Everybody say it out loud. Keep on. Look at your neighbor and tell them, keep on. The Apostle Paul also said it in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show diligence until the end, and do not become sluggish but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. I like it. Listen, people. Faith doesn't give up. Faith doesn't give up. Planning to be lucky isn't a plan. Sometimes you've got to pull out the duct tape and the pickaxe and get up on the roof. Jesus saw the faith of the friends But he also saw the faith of the paralyzed man. The guy had allowed his friends to take him up the roof. Now, can you imagine that? The guy was all for, yeah, he might have even been the one that told his friends, you know, I heard Jesus is a healer. And I think the friends were like, you know, Jesus is a healer, dude. If we get you over there, it can happen. this, This could be your day. Let us take you. And he said, okay, okay, go ahead. So they carry the guy all the way there. But when they see the crowd, they could have said, oh, sorry, bro. They could have, but they didn't. They said, you know what? There's another way. You know what we're going to do? We're going to tie you down. We're going to take you on the roof, and we're going to break it through. What do you think? Because he's the one that's going to have to pay for it. He doesn't have a job. He can't work because of his par he's been paralyzed. He said, So what do you think? Wanna do it? They needed faith from the guys who were doing it, the faith of the guy who's on the stretcher. Do you want us to do it? Do it. Let's do it. It takes faith. Because once we get up there, we're going to you know, poke a hole in this guy's roof and then we're going to let you down. You know, we we'll probably have to, kind of, you know, we don't want to make a big hole. So we're going to just turn you up straight up and then kind of let you down with a rope slowly and get you in front of Jesus. Jesus also saw the, the faith of the, the guys who broke into the, the roof. Jesus saw the faith of, of the guy, the paralyzed man. The guy allowed his friends to take him up to the roof. He, you know, agreed with breaking a six by three hole up there and that he would be responsible to pay. That guy on the stretcher was counting on being healed. Right? Counting on God is not just waiting and hoping. It's believing and acting. That's what counting on God is. Faith doesn't play it safe. It trusts in spite of the risks. Not just up, God, you know, just make it happen, Lord. Just just rain the blessings. Here I am, Lord. I keep waiting. Get your duct tape and your pickaxe, guys. Get up, climb some roofs, make it a, do some stuff. Push, pull, you know, whatever you gotta do. That kind of faith gets a hold of the Lord's attention. He notices and applauds it. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says this. Say it out loud. Faith pleases
1: God. Say it.
0: Faith pleases God. It gives him something to work with. The scripture says Jesus saw their faith and said to the paralyzed man, man, your sins are forgiven you. So here's the guy. They get him on the roof, you know, They put him straight up on the stretcher and start lowering him in. And you can imagine as people are, you know, choking on the dust and, you know, just trying to see what's going on, and he's coming in, strapped to the stretcher. Right? He's coming in, and then they get him in front of Jesus, and Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. Wait a minute. It's like, put the brakes. Wait a minute. The man needed healing, not forgiveness. Did Jesus miss it? Kind of like the preacher that had a a healing line and asked people to come up so he could pray for them. A man walked up and asked if the preacher would pray for his hearing. The preacher, you know, put his fingers in the man's ears and he prayed a long prayer, a long anointed prayer, healing and restoration and a miracle. And then the preacher pulled his fingers out of the man's ears and asked, how's your hearing now? The man said, well, it's not till Monday. The preacher missed it. That's not what happened here. Jesus didn't miss it. See, history tells us that the number one reason for paralysis in that culture was syphilis, was STDs. That was the number one reason for paralysis in those days. It's likely that the man had been paralyzed as a result of the vida loca. So, this guy likely was paralyzed because of his past. Because of a lifestyle that he engaged in. So I'm sure that not one day went by that this man didn't regret his sin. Like the alcoholic that lives with liver disease. The addict that lives with hep C. The gambler that lives with bankruptcy. The woman that is, lives with an abortion. There's that regret. Regret. Everybody say it out loud, Regret. This paralyzed man had lived with something worse than paralysis. You see, his body didn't move, but his mind did. And it constantly condemned him, reminded him of why he was in the condition he was in. He carried shame and guilt and regret. Another reason Jesus told him that his sins were forgiven was that Jesus wanted us to understand that our spiritual health is more important than our physical health. Sometimes we think that our greatest need is healing or friendship or money. You know, if I could only win the lottery or publisher clearinghouse, if I could all that would solve all my problems. If I could only find a godly spouse, that would make me better. If I could get rid of this chronic pain or this terminal disease, then everything would be different. Jesus helps us focus on the real issue, which is our first need, which is forgiveness and reconciliation with God. It's because of that that Jesus said this, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That's why Jesus said that. He wanted us to make sure that we recognized that it was our spiritual condition that we have to be focused on. And that a physical healing or some kind of financial miracle is not going to solve the real problem in our lives. You can have a healed body and a healthy bank account and still be lost. When Jesus said to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. In that one statement, Jesus was claiming to have power to forgive sins. Now just for a minute, let's consider this. The man got dropped into the middle of this room where Jesus was teaching. Jesus looks at this man. Now, he's in the condition he's in because of a lifestyle that he lived, a past that hung around his neck that put him in this condition, unable to work, dependent on others, I mean, totally incapable, totally unsalvageable by any estimation of others, without any value. But there he is in front of Jesus and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And the first thing that this man experienced was just a freedom from the shame that he had been carrying. Spiritual life was cleansed. Jesus was telling the man, your spiritual life is more important than your physical healing. And by I'm telling you, the man knew it. Because being in right standing with God And knowing that God is saying, I have forgiven you, means everything, doesn't it? And that man was there, and I I can imagine the tears that came to his eyes. If that was the only thing he left where that day, it was more than enough. But Jesus also said, your sins be forgiven you, to show that he is the one who forgives sins. Now, when he said that, it raised some eyebrows. If you remember at the top of our passage there in um, the, the very first verse, it said that there at Peter's house there was a bunch of religious leaders or Pharisees. Some of them all the way from Jerusalem, which is the corporate office. Pharisees were self-appointed watchdogs of spiritual life in Israel. They made it their responsibility to investigate self-proclaimed prophets and independent rabbis. Whenever a rabbi or a claimed prophet would, would surface, they would appear to scrutinize and authenticate that particular man's message. At first, these religious leaders were choking on the dust from the roof debris. Now they're choking on Jesus' claim to forgive sin. Let's read it. Verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Will you read that line with me out loud? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, it's really cool that Jesus can read your thoughts, right? You have more to repent from than you think. Jesus read their mind and answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sons are forgiven, you, or to say, Rise up and walk? When the religious leaders heard Jesus say, You know, that I forgive your sins, or, you know, your sins are forgiven the religious leaders were in protest. See, according to the Scriptures, only God could forgive sins. Here's one verse, Isaiah forty-three twenty-five, where God says in Isaiah, it says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Now, whose prerogative? Who is the only one with authority to forgive sins? God, right? God at this point. And Jesus says, Son, man, your sins are forgiven you. And they're like, everybody said, You would have thought Jesus offered them some pork rinds. See, Jesus was claiming God's divine attribute of forgiveness. Jesus was claiming to be God when He said, Your sins are forgiven you. These Pharisees started hissing like a $5 pressure cooker. (laughs) So that's when Jesus says, hey, guys, which is easier to say? He's talking not just to them, but everyone in the room. Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. The reason it's easier to say your sins are forgiven is because no one can prove the power. Nobody can prove if your sins are washed away or not. Right? Nobody can prove that. I mean, who can argue that your sins aren't forgiven? But rise up and walk requires evident power. So that's when Jesus says this. But that you might know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Everybody say the word. Immediately. Say it. What? This is pretty cool, isn't it? Immediately he arose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen some strange things today. Yeah. Man, your sins are forgiven you. What? You're not God! Blasphemy! Wait a minute, well, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you? or rise up and walk. Everybody would have said, sins are forgiven you, because, you know, who can tell? So Jesus says, so that you will know that I have the power to forgive sins. So everyone in this house will know that I am God, and that my word is good. He looks at the man and says, go ahead, stand up, take up your bed, and go home. And the man I wonder if there was snap, crackle, and pop. I always wonder exactly did that guy kind of just roll over and however it happened, the guy stood. And there's another good reason to say, oh, we've seen some strange things today. But they glorified God. Jesus was proving, guys, that he has the power to forgive sins. By the act of healing, Jesus proved that He is able to forgive sins, that He is God. Jesus basically said in that statement that He is the Almighty. Everybody say it out loud, that He is the what? Almighty. He is healer and helper and provider and protector. And better than that, He is the forgiver. He will heal your spirit and he will also heal whatever is ailing and hurting you. He will go to work on that. He will separate our sins as far as the east is from the west. And like the paralytic, Jesus will give you this. Everybody say it out loud, of what? Because that's what that guy got. He got a new walk. Say it out loud, of what? But this walk wasn't a broken one, a limping one. It was a new walk. That's what we got. We were paralyzed because of sin. La vida loca. And Jesus stepped into our lives. Maybe we, it took some faith for us to get to that place where he was, right? It took some faith for us to go to the church. Swallow some pride. Go to that event. You know, just to appease some family members. Jesus encountered us there. Stepped into our lives. And gave us spiritual cleansing. And a new spiritual walk. Not a broken one. Not a handicapped one. A new walk that's completely whole. That's what He does for us. I'm going to close with this last verse. Here it is. Isaiah 40, 31. Read it out loud with me. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Jesus promised as the Builder and leader of the church that he would be present wherever people are gathered in his name And if we will trust him with our lives He will Wash away the disease and the paralyzation of our lives He will raise us up in newness Maybe before the world you'll still have to go see the judge Maybe before in this world you'll still have to deal with some of the circumstances or the aftermath of what the vida loca has left you. But before God, you are cleansed, you are healed, you are forgiven, and you've got a new walk. But it's about trusting Him. It's about, Lord, I'm putting myself before you.
1: As we cling to the simple. You've been listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. We're so glad that you're here today. Pastor Dion has been getting up close and personal with this series entitled Encounters with Jesus. Can you imagine living during the days that Jesus walked the earth? Picture even being a part of his entourage, traveling around the area witnessing his miraculous acts. Even more important than that would be observing the way that he treated people, interacting with the outcasts and the sick, embracing them, and loving them for who they were. That's what Pastor Dion has been teaching on throughout the gospel books that detail Jesus' life here on earth. What a gift and honor it must have been to be in the presence of Jesus during those days. Thanks for joining us here today. The Simple Truth is a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We're coming close to the end of our time here today, but if you don't want it to end, well, we've got some great news for you. Are you ready for it? We've got more eye-opening messages stored up for you. Just head over to tmcalvary.com to find them. At tmcalvary.com, you'll find a link to our YouTube archive with hundreds of messages from Pastor Dion. You can also go to the Media tab to find more messages from this series. Once again, that website is tmcalvary.com to access those encouraging and helpful resources. Well, our time together is up, but we'll be back again with more from Pastor Dion as he continues this series, Encounters with Jesus, right here on The Simple Truth. So let us join our hands and together we stay.